So if, if you kill your flesh and kill all of its desires and get the joy of the Lord in you, you're going to get strength. And we're going to find out what that strength is going to do for us today. Uh, Nehemiah chapter 8 verse 10 says this, Do not grieve for the joy of the Lord is your strength. Now we covered a lot of this a couple of weeks ago, but I want to finish it up today. Why is joy so important? Because joy produces strength. And joy, uh, that strength that joy produces, strength is needed to fight the fight. I don't know if you know it yet or not, but you're in a fight. Uh, did anybody ever tell you that? That when you come into, when you come into the kingdom, I'm not talking about joining the Pentecostal church. I'm not talking about joining the Baptist church or the Methodist or the Episcopalian. I'm not talking about joining any church. I'm talking about when you come into the kingdom and you come into this and you're birthed into this, you are now enlisted in an army and you are going to have to fight. When you're in an army, you're going to have to fight. I want to just by a show of hands, how many of you have struggled more and fought the devil more since you came into this church, received the Holy Ghost, than you did wherever else you was at? Well, yeah, there you go. It was easy in the other church talking about the cookie bazaar. And we're going to sell it at the Christmas bazaar, and we're going to sell these, and we're going to put wreaths on every door in the community of the widows. The devil don't care about that. But when your life begins to turn around and change, the devil gets angry. When your life begins to turn around and you walk out of darkness into light, the devil is losing territory in your life. The devil is losing influence in your life, and he does not like that. And he's going to fight you. So you're going to have to have strength to fight the battle. First Timothy 6.12, we are called to fight the good fight of faith. Many people today in the body of Christ are tired of fighting the good fight of faith. And they are struggling because they don't have strength, because they don't have joy. They're not happy. You listen, we've got air conditioning, we've got heat, we've got carpet, we've got pews. We've got a building over our heads, we've got lots of lights in here. It's, it, we've drove to church in comfortable vehicles. Uh, uh, we have clothes that we can wear. I've been in churches where the kids come to church in their underwear. I've been in churches where you sit on a two-before that's put in between two concrete blocks, and that's your pew. I've been in buildings larger than this that have about three 100-watt light bulbs hanging down on a wire and they have no shade on them and that is the light that they have there is no music there there's no air conditioning there's nothing going on there but i'm telling you in that service alone 21 gypsies got baptized in the name of jesus christ you see, it does not take the surroundings to influence His presence. It does not take anything that we can conjure up, anything that we can stir up. We have to have the presence of God in our lives and in our services. And we have to have the presence and Spirit of God in our churches. And that produces joy. And when I get happy, my faith increases. And when my faith increases, my strength increases. And then when my strength increases, I can look at the devil and say, Greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. The joy of the Lord is my strength. Now, is this all right? Because it's all I got. The devil wants to steal your joy. We're tired of fighting for our marriages. We're tired of and fed up with our spouses. We're tired of fighting for uh, uh, his love or her love. We're tired of being sick and tired and sick and tired. 
and we, we don't remember what it's like to be healthy. We battle sickness, and we just think, why don't I just give up and learn to live with the sickness? I'm never going to get well. Possibly some of you have been in financial debts and situations, and things haven't changed too much, and you're beginning to get discouraged, and you think you're never going to be able to crawl out from under all the bills. Maybe you're having trouble raising your kids, and they don't listen to you, and they don't, they don't think you know anything, and you wonder if they're ever going to straighten up, and you're exhausted from their rebellion, and then you you ask him, God, are you ever going to change him? And you just wonder and you just think, guess what, Brother Dustin? Everybody has problems. I told him, I said, I probably owe you millions of dollars. I use that quote at least once a month. Everybody has problems. Everybody has troubles. And I can relate. I try to be a good pastor, try to visit the sick, comfort the distraught and all this. Yet there's always somebody that doesn't think I'd do it quite good enough. I got problems too. I'm not up here in my cushy chair drinking iced tea sitting by the swimming pool and everything is good and I'm just looking at you saying, what is your problem? No, I got problems just like you've got problems. I have struggles just like you have problems. People leave the church and they say, well, we, we don't, we're not getting fed there so we're going to go somewhere else. And I shared with this with you last time. There was a big church in Dallas. People walk up to the preacher there and say, we're going somewhere else because we're not getting fed. And it was T.D. Jakes. So if you can't, Bishop Jakes can just read his text and I'm ready to, hey, praise the Lord, I'm good. Wow. I could fly halfway around the world and hear him read his scripture and go home and say, I got something. But people are like that. Pastor didn't visit me in the hospital. He wasn't available. He never answers his phone. I'm not going to that church anymore because Kevin Schultz is a uh, hypocrite. He finally heard that, didn't he? Well, don't leave the church because Kevin's a hypocrite. No, I'm going to tell you something about Brother Kevin. Kevin decided a few years ago to go to First Fruits and get his life right with God. He decided to take the plunge because I, I said, I sold it to him the best way I could. I said, Kevin, it's eight months. That's a long time. But guess what? Fifty years is a lot longer. If you will go there and let the Lord have eight months of your life, God will change the next 50 years of your life. And he took it. He swallowed the hook. I couldn't even get it pulled out. It went clear down into his gizzard. And on December 11th, he graduated, right? Was it December 10th or 11th? He graduated. December 11th. When's the last time you had a drink? April of 2011. April of 2011. All right, stand up, Brother Kevin. Grab that woman's hand beside you and stand her up. That's Kevin's wife. Oh, but I'm not finished yet. This is Matthew 6.33 in practice. This is seek first the kingdom and God will add everything else to you. On June 28th, I married Kevin and Colleen in Jesus' name. They tied the knot, and Colleen was working in Springfield, and she said, Lord, I need another job, and the Lord opened up a job in Hillsborough for her. She's making more money than she made in Springfield. After 90 days, she gets more money. Are you hearing what I'm saying? I'm not done yet. 
Kevin says, I want to begin to cut firewood and stuff. I want to do all of this. Guess what? He owns a pickup truck debt-free, bought it for cash. Then yesterday, two days ago, his wife gave him the picture or showed him or whatever of a brand new log splitter. This man is getting ready to go in business for himself. That's what I call putting the Lord first and letting God handle things. So you cannot leave here and say Kevin's a hypocrite. That ain't going to work. It doesn't matter about the hypocrites. It doesn't matter about what else is going on. you got to keep the joy of the Lord in your heart. I didn't go to church because the Cardinals were playing an early game. The people at Family Worship Center are not friendly. The church doesn't let me use my gifts, and nobody cares for me at, my, at that church. Well, blah, 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 blah. That's just the devil. Let me tell you something. The devil is going to do anything he can to take your joy. The devil is going to do anything he can to take all of this away from you you what's the use of me trying to be a good pastor nobody appreciates me i'm just going to quit and go sell insurance somewhere amy but we're going to go move somewhere where it's warm because if we're going to be i don't know why anybody want to be homeless in chicago bro go to miami go to houston dallas dallas you still freeze a little bit go to phoenix my Lord, save up your can money and buy a one-way ticket to Honolulu. Really, if I'm going to be homeless, I'm going somewhere warm. But I'm not going to throw in the towel. I'm not going to give up because the joy of the Lord is my strength. And I know that I'm going to have troubles. And I know I'm going to have problems. I know that, I know that the joy of the Lord is my strength. And I'm going to have to keep on fighting until all of this. Man, where does it go here? Until all of this stuff it comes along and after many all these trials and all these problems that i have sometimes i want to give up but i know that's my flesh talking i know that's not my spirit man talking because there's a war going on not only outside of me but inside of me because my flesh wants to eat and my spirit wants to fast my flesh wants to party and my spirit wants to pray my flesh wants to lay out a church and my spirit wants to go to church hallelujah are you seeing what i'm saying here my spirit man wants to live for God and my flesh wants to try to please itself hallelujah and look at all this stuff and do all this stuff and, and do all of these crazy things and my flesh keeps saying this is such a boring life and my spirit man says but yes you ought to see the retirement plan because it's out of this world hallelujah I'm not living for this life I'm living for the next life I'm not in this world I am of, I'm not of this world I'm in it but I'm not of it I'm looking for a higher place I'm looking for a new calling I'm looking for this old body to disappear and a new body to show up. I'm looking for my sadness to disappear and my gladness to come on the scene. Oh, is there anybody else in this room today? The joy of the Lord has got to be your strength. Yeah. Look at your neighbor and say, that's just your flesh talking. That's your flesh talking, isn't it? That's just flesh. But the consolation is, 
Mortal shall put on immortality and corrupt shall put on incorruption. And one day I'm going to have a new body. One day I'm not going to be subject to the diseases of this flesh anymore. One day I'm not going to be subject to the wants and the desires of my sinful nature anymore. Hallelujah. But until then, the Lord gives me joy to fight the battle. And the Lord gives me all of this stuff to keep on keeping on. I know you're frustrated and I'm frustrated. I know that we get sad and we get depressed. I know all that. I know that we deal with the spirit of heaviness. Hallelujah. But when you get the spirit of heaviness, the Bible says that he gives us the oil of joy in place of mourning. Hallelujah. I'm looking for some joy to be poured out in this room today. I'm looking for some joy to be put out on me that I can get some more strength to say, come on, devil, one more round, one more fight. Come on, I got a little bit of a recharge. Let's go. Hallelujah. Anybody in here been recharged yet? Anybody in here been refired yet? Anybody in here been reloaded yet? You got to be like Walmart always. Always. Rejoice always. Rejoice always. Philippians 4 4. Rejoice in the Lord always. I say it again. Rejoice. How often do we rejoice? Always punch your neighbor and say all the time, all the time. You are to rejoice always because the joy of the Lord, or joy is the easiest fruit to lose. Now in Galatians chapter five, verses 22 through 24 is listed the works and the, and the fruit of the flesh, the, the lust of the flesh. And it's also listed the fruit of the spirit. The fruit, one of the fruit of the spirit is joy. Joy is the easiest of the fruit to lose. Long-suffering, you can't lose that quick because it's long-suffering. How are you going to lose long-suffering quick? Patience, you know what patience is. You can't lose it fast because it takes a while for patience to wear out. Gentleness, I guess you could, I guess you could lose your gentleness kind of fast, but you might be in anger management or something. Joy is one of the easiest fruit to lose. You can't live without the, off the joy that you had yesterday. And joy will only give you strength when you possess it. If you had joy last week, that, that joy last week is not going to help you today. Heather, okay, right? That's right. Joy can only give you strength today and if you have it today. That is why we must rejoice always. That is why I cannot re rely on what I got last Sunday. I cannot rely on what I got last Wednesday. I can't even rely on what I got at college and career today. I got to get some joy right now. I got to have a joy fix right now. I got to have an infusion of strength in my life. That way when those stupid texts come in, the joy of the Lord is there and that joy says, don't even pay any attention. I got your back. Hallelujah. I'm talking to people today that if you're tired and weary of the battle, there's a cup of joy in this house for you to sip out of. But more than that, Jesus said, He that believeth on me, as the Scripture has said, out of his belly shall flow rivers of living water. I am so glad that I have access to that river today and that joy today to give me strength today. Hallelujah. Does anybody want to rejoice because of joy today? Well, I don't feel like rejoicing. Well, good. 
Do it anyway. I don't feel like rejoicing today. God didn't say rejoice only if you feel like it. He said rejoice always. You see, my rejoicing is not predicated on how I feel. That's one of our problems. We rely on our feelings, not what we know. There's a saying in the world that says knowledge is power. Therefore, if knowledge is power, it does not matter what the circumstances say they are if I know the situation. Right? You with me on that one? Knowledge is power. And so I know that in Jesus' name, I know that God wants me to rejoice always. Because if I don't rejoice, I lose strength for the fight. And the devil knows this. And the devil knows that if he takes my joy, he's got my strength. And then he can come in and do whatever he wants to me. And then he can come in and do whatever he wants to my family. That's why he wants to do that. James 2.2 says, Consider it pure joy, my brothers, whenever you face many kinds of trials or trials. Pure joy is not happiness. Look at your neighbor and say, Joy is not happiness. Happiness is based on what is happening. If something good is happening, then we're happy. If something bad is happening, then we're not happy. It's amazing when we go somewhere and something does not happen the way we say it's going to happen or think it's going to happen, then we start to go into intercession and travail. But then when it turns good, oh, God is good. Is God bad the other part of the time? But it's based on our feeling. It's based on what we're going through. So happiness is not joy. However, God says that pure joy occurs even in the midst of trials. Brother, when the car breaks down, you got some joy. When the kids get sick, the boss cuts your hours, your spouse is in a bad mood, you got some joy. That's why James is telling us to count a pure joy whenever we face trials. Because joy gives us strength to fight the trials. And if you'll fight the trial, you will win. Anybody ever fought a trial? Did you win? If you hold both hands up, your belly gets thinner. That's why the Lord tells you, put those hands up. Feel good about yourself, Tracy. And years ago, Brother Dennis was there. I shared another one. If you lay down flat on your back, your stomach disappears. Amen. Just a couple hints of help today before you leave. If you fight the trial, you will win. If you don't fight it, the devil's got you. If you don't fight, the devil's got you. He's going to win. He's going to win. James says, perseverance must finish its work so that you may be mature and complete, not, not lacking anything, James 1.4. James has in mind victory over trials, not acceptance of trials. Let me, let me say that again. James says he's got in mind you're going to be victorious. You don't have to live with what the, what the devil's trying to put on your plate. You don't have to live with what the devil and eat what the devil's trying to put on your plate. You can be victorious. You can have victory in your life. You can overcome that addiction from all those years. You can overcome that 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 haunting desire of, of of wanting this or wanting that that your flesh wants. You can overcome that if you get some joy and some strength in your life. So by rejoicing, you overcome your trials. And yet, I will rejoice. Habakkuk three seventeen. 
Though the fig tree does not bud, there's no grapes on the vine, the olive crop fails and the fields produce no food. Though there be no sheep in the pen and no cattle in the stalls. Sounds like this feller had some problemos. Not just one or two. He had a whole verse full. He says, yet, 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 yet. Yet's powerful. Yet. He's not going to surrender to his problems. He's going to do something about his problems. He says, yet, I will rejoice in the Lord. I will be joyful in God, my salvation. Habakkuk 3, 18. If you get discouraged, you need to highlight Habakkuk. You need to go to Habakkuk 3, 17, 18, and 19. He's going to rejoice because God is his strength. He said, he makes my feet like the feet of deer and enables me to go to the heights. When, you, when I go to a football game, I don't want to sit on the, on the bottom part of the bench or the bleachers. I want to go up top so I can begin to see how the play is unfolding. Because when I'm down at ground level, every, you just see ground level. But when I go higher, I can see the whole thing. Habakkuk said, let me tell you something. God is going to take me to some high places. God is going to let me look over the territory. God is going to let me look over my battle. God is going to let me look over my enemy. And when I can see my enemy, then I can plan. So when I start rejoicing God says let me take you a little higher and let me show you something when God I start rejoicing God says let me give you a little advantage over the devil today come on now somebody God wants to give you an advantage over the devil and over your problem today you don't have to leave here like you came you came in one way you can come out a different way you came in dirty you can walk out clean you came in here depressed you can walk out happy you came in here sad you can walk out with joy because the joy of the Lord is your strength. Wow. Pray for his joy. We got to have joy. Habakkuk had no intention of staying defeated. You should have no intention of staying defeated. Brother Tracy, you don't know what I'm going through. No, but God does. Brother Tracy, there is no way through this. Well, We serve the one who laid the Grand Canyon down. We serve the one who put the water to Niagara Falls. We serve the one who flung the stars into space. Do you know, I learned this today in college and career. Here you go. This is why you guys need to go through this book and learn this thing. And on on a good night, there are only about 5,000 stars in the galaxy and the universe that we can see. Only about 5,000. But the word says that he put an innumerable host in the heavens. He put an innumerable, nobody knows the number of the stars. Nobody knows that. He took the balances and he put in one hand or one side of the balance the mountains and the other side he put the hills and he balanced it all out when he put the dust on the earth he took a measuring cup and measured out the dust of the earth hallelujah he holds in his hand the in the hollow of his hand the waters of the sea and you're telling me that your problem is bigger than that god you're telling me that with the span of his hand from the top of his tall finger to the edge of his thumb is a span that he measured the heavens with the span of his hand and this problem that i'm having at work is bigger than that god this problem that i'm having in my finances is bigger than that God oh let me tell you something you need to get the joy of the Lord in you and let the Lord take you to some high places today I'm not staying in this prison devil I'm coming out 
I'm not staying in this prison of confusion and doubt and fear. I'm coming out. I'm not staying in this sickness. I'm coming out. I'm not laying in this bed full of cancer and dying. I'm coming out. Ask Pete Sutherland. I'm not staying in this nursing home because I had a wreck and I can't walk. I will walk again because by his stripes I am healed. Hallelujah. I'm telling you today. I'm not letting deception take my family. I'm not letting deception take my wife. Not letting deception take my husband. I'm going to fight this thing, devil. And if you win this one, devil, God said, I'll be to you like I was to Job. I'll give you twice as many because Job said, let me tell you, the Lord gave and the Lord takes away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Because the difference between a person defeated and a person with victory is their attitude. How's your attitude? Look at your neighbor and say, attitude check. An attitude of gratitude will put you over in life. This is the kind of attitude the prophet had. Even though nothing was good and nothing was happening, no fruit, no crops, no sheep, no cattle, yet he was happy. Yet he rejoiced. He said, I'm going to rejoice in God because all that stuff's things. God can replace things, but I can't replace God. You can replace anything in your life, but you can't replace his presence. You've got to have his presence. I'm so thankful that I go to a church that we try to allow his presence to do whatever it wants to do in here. Hallelujah. As long as I'm here, that's what I'm planning on doing. I'm planning on having a red hot rocking Holy Ghost church. I'm planning on saying, Jesus, anytime you want to interrupt, come on in. I'm not going to say not now, Jesus. I'm going to say right now, Jesus, lay it on me. So in our 2014 version, it would have read like this. There's no food in the refrigerator. There's no money in the account. Though the sickness gets worse and the pain persists, though my children are on drugs and my spouse does not appreciate me, yet I will rejoice in the Lord. I will be joyful in God my Savior. Regardless of your circumstances, you can still rejoice. Amen. You can do it. Somebody said I might lose my job. Well, you was looking for that one before you found, looking for that one when you got it. There's more than one job out there. Somebody said I might lose all my money. There's more money out there. You've been asking God to bless you, right? How can he bless you when you're trying to do, do, you're asking for something supernatural that you're trying to accomplish with the natural. See what I'm saying? Wells of salvation. Wells of salvation. I want you to look at Isaiah 12, too. Isaiah 12, too. You know what? I'm going to be done before 1 o'clock. And the Baptist pastor is just going to blow his, it's going to blow his mind. When you walk in front of Robert Weaver, butt in front of him and say, Pastor Tracy let us out early and told us to get in jump line in you. Amen. <laughs> He always gives me a hard time. What do you do those people? My Lord, 1 o'clock, one thirty. I said, they need a lot of help. It's therapy, bro. It's therapy. Isaiah 12, 2 says, Surely God is my salvation. I will trust and not be afraid. The Lord, the Lord is my strength and my song. He has become my salvation. 
With joy, you will draw water from the wells of salvation. Right? That's what the word says. Do you know that there are wells, which are plural, of salvation? When you become a citizen of the kingdom, you inherit many wells. You see, the devil doesn't want you knowing this. The devil just wants you to think that it's all, all you got is what you can see in front of you and God has a whole host around you. The devil wants you to think the only thing that you got are the resources in your hand and God's got innumerable resources waiting on you. The devil wants you to think you're surrounded by his hordes and by his angels of, of, of destruction and he doesn't want you to know that just like the prophet in the Old Testament when the Lord said, uh, uh, the prophet said, Lord, I want you to open the eyes of my servant that he can see. And brother, when he opened his eyes, there was a fiery army of horses and chariots surrounding the army of the enemy. You see, God has more than you can see waiting on you. God has more than you anticipated. God has your back. God's got you covered because you have inherited many wells and each well contains a unique blessing. One well has a sign on it that reads healing. Another well says prosperity. Another well will say sound mind. You see, the devil wants to get in your head. The devil wants you to think that you cannot rekindle the flame that you had a long time ago for God. But I guarantee you one thing. He said he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. Hallelujah. If you seek after God and you look for for him you will find him and when you look for him and find him he will reward you he will lay blessing on you he will put strength on you he will put ability on you to fight the fight and be an overcomer and rekindle that flame again the devil wants to attack our minds the two most powerful things in the universe are words and thoughts. How was it all created? He thought it, spoke it. Right? You are created in His image. Correct? How do you function? You think it, you speak it. Sometimes we don't think and we speak it. Then you become janitors. Cleaning up your mess that you made. But these enemies of our mind want to attack us and pull us down and take us out just by sheer thoughts. Brad, don't go to that church anymore. You sit up there on the front row by yourself. Nobody likes you, Brad. That's why you're sitting up there by yourself. They're jealous because you drive a town car. I don't even, the pastor doesn't even, the pastor doesn't even like you, Brad, because you drive a town car and he doesn't. Isn't that silly? But that's what the devil tries to put in our minds. Silly stuff. And so we got to get a drink out of the well that says sound mind. When you're sick, you got to go to the well that says healing. When you're broke, busted, and disgusted, you got to get a, a drink out of prosperity. Hallelujah. Are you seeing what I'm saying? There are wells of salvation going on. 
And as you look around at all the wells, you notice one with an emblem that says family restoration. Hallelujah. And you may look at another one that you inherit. And and the more that you look, the more your heart rejoices. And you notice that this scripture says with joy will you draw water from the wells of salvation. You need muscles and strength to draw water from the wells. Without strength, you cannot draw from the wells. That's why the devil wants to take your joy. First of all, he takes your joy. Here's chapter 3 in my book that prophet times would tell me I'm going to write first of all he takes your joy and then he attacks your thinking and then when you go to get a drink out of the well of sound mind and right thinking you can't because you don't have any strength So if you can't draw out of the well, then you're thirsty in that area. And you can go for a while without food, but you can't go very long without water. And you can go for a while without nourishment as far as the food and all that, but the water is going to leave your body and the moisture and you're going to dehydrate and die. So the devil takes your joy and then he knows that you don't have strength to get water out of the well because if you could get water out of the well you know everything is going to be all right it's like the guy who was traveling and he was going through a desert place and he came upon a sign and it was the sign was attached to the well there was a well out in the middle of nowhere and and he looked at the sign and there was a little bottle hanging under the sign and it said it was just like a gallon jug of water and it said take this and pour inside the well And he studied it for a while and he thought, and he said, I've been on a long journey for a long, long time. And if I pour this water in the well, it will not quench my thirst. It will not satisfy my need. It will not keep me alive. But if I drink it now, it will keep me alive and give me sustenance for what I need right now. The only problem is the man did not realize that that gallon jug of water was the priming water that was going to loosen the the rubber boots and the mechanisms of that well. That as he began to pump and prime, that the well would give forth thousands of gallons of water and he would restock that gallon of priming water for the next guy coming by. You see, the devil wants to take your strength and then your reasoning. That you never walk up to the well and say, Lord, I'm I'm going to give you some praise first. I'm going to prime this well with some worship first. I hope this is making sense because I'm getting a divine download right now. I'm going to come into church happy. I'm going to come into church loving my wife. I'm going to come into church loving my kids and my husband. I'm going to come into church with the joy of the Lord on me. And that's going to be my priming material. I'm going to worship. The problem is we walk in here and we've got to spend all of the water in the priming jug just to get in a little bit of his presence. But if we could start pouring the priming water in the well, knowing that with joy shall you draw water from the wells of salvation, God has a plan and a miracle 
for you. That's why Isaiah said, with joy, you will draw water from the wells of salvation. It takes joy to draw from the wells of healing. It takes joy to draw from the wells of prosperity and soundness of mind and family restoration. And without that joy, you cannot draw from these wonderful wells. You're in a room in your life and you've got all of these wells. You've got all that you need in God. He's put enough on you and in you to take you to the other side until you step foot in that heavenly city and you're looking at it and you say I just don't have the strength pastor I just don't have the ability to get the water out of the well what's going to happen pastor God says I'm going to give you joy and that joy is going to keep you strong and it's going to enable you to draw from the wells of salvation so you can get your healing when you're sick hallelujah and the only way to get that healing is to keep the joy so you can pump the well. The only way to get prosperity and blessing is to keep the joy so you can draw from the well. But the devil's going to attack you and he's going to do all of this to you. If you're tormented with fear and worry and anxiety and depression, God wants to give you a drink out of the sound mind well. He said it's right here. It's your inheritance. All you got to do is walk up and pump it right out of the well. I've given it to you. I've given it to, for you to use and to access. You cannot get down. You cannot get discouraged. You need to go to the well. Listen, the devil may attack you, and after all, he is the God of this age. Yes? Is the devil the God of this age? Is he going to fight you? All the time, even when you're sleeping. Oh, I don't know about that, Brother Tracy. Yeah, how many of you woke up with panic attacks? Oh, I'm talking to you now. How many of you wake up with fear in your life out of a dead sleep? The devil's fighting you. The devil wants to take you down. He wants to destroy you. He wants to steal your joy. The devil has no power, though, to steal your joy because joy is a spiritual force. It's inside of your spirit. He can't take your joy. He, all he can do is convince you and lie to you and trick you out of your joy. He can touch your body. He can touch your finances, just like the book of Job, but he can't touch your spirit. Your spirit is off limits to the devil. He, hallelujah. And since he can't touch your spirit, he can't rob you of your joy. Satan cannot steal your joy since it's spiritual. So if you've lost your joy, it's because you gave it away. Woo! Holy smokes. Smokes holy. Wow. If I've lost my joy, I gave it away. Hey, I ain't never been back here looking like this, all these people. Look at this. That's what I'm saying. Look at this. However, if I keep my joy, Satan has to release my blessings. Hey, now, you ready? We're going to try this technology. I came across this video on the Internet. It must be right if it's off the Internet, right? Before you start it, dim down the lights. Now, listen, I'm closing. Let's high five somebody and say amen. Amen, Mackenzie. Amen. Yes. Oh, you're preaching next Sunday, by the way, Mackenzie. I heard you did a good job in youth. 
I saw this on the internet and my mind went to this message today. All right. The Bible says the devil is like a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour. Right? The devil wants to take us all out. Right? The devil wants to destroy you, destroy your kids, destroy your family, everything about you. He doesn't want your marriage to stay together. He doesn't want your kids to live for God. He, don't, he wants you to be broke. He wants you dead. He wants to give you diseases. But guess what? If you're in a struggle with the devil, you just call on some Holy Ghost joyful brothers and sisters. Let's watch what happens here. This is taken from a safari in Africa. See that lion hanging onto that wildebeest? Uh-huh. They caught him. They caught this on film. Now look at this. Now watch out here now. Now hang on. Replay. Oh, that wasn't enough. Now I want you to see how it all unfolded. There it is. Look at it. You know what that is? That's the devil. That's the devil trying to take you out. That's the devil hanging on. He may not get a good, a good grip on you, but all he's got to do is just get a little bit of a grip. You see, all he's got to do is just hang on until help comes. All he's got to do is just put a little bit of doubt in there and, and let you miss one Wednesday night. Let you miss one Sunday. Let you miss one service. Let you get mad at somebody. Let you get disturbed at somebody. Let a little lie come in there. Hallelujah. And what's he going to do? He's going to pull you down and is taking the strength from that wildebeest. That's what that lion was doing. But let me tell you something. When that, you, you couldn't hear the sound of it, but that wildebeest was screaming. You know what they were screaming? Somebody with some joy, come help me. Somebody with some strength, come help me. And brother, here came that bull. And that bull gouged that lion and flipped him in the air. And he said, once is not enough because I'm fixing to finish you off. Hallelujah. Let me tell you something, my brothers and sisters. The devil's after each and every one of us. And he's going to try to pull us down and pull us out of the church and out of the kingdom and out of the glory and blessings of God. But when you get discouraged and when you get down, I want you to cry out for help. Somebody with some joy. Come get a hold of me and help me. Somebody come help me. And I'll tell you something. It doesn't matter. Winter, spring, summer or fall all you gotta do is call somebody with some joy is gonna come and say let me take care of this devil let me take care of this devil for you i'll pick you up i'll pull you out i'll carry you back to safety let's all stand and give the lord some praise right now come on let's praise him come on the joy of the lord's your strength Now, if you've been in a struggle, if you've been in a fight and you need some strength, come on, real fast. No music. Come on, real fast. If you need strength. Come on. Come on. All right. Susan wants to say something. She said it goes with what I just said. Exactly. I've had the devil on me for all my life. I was adopted and I had wonderful parents, but they made some mistakes, as many do. I guess there's no, no catalog. But I've carried around poor little baby Haynes because I was adopted. And I knew the story, which my mother could have omitted telling me the whole story from the beginning. 
So I've carried around little Susan all my life. She's been tugging on me. She's still hanging there, but she's getting lighter. And I want her to die. I want her to die. I want to kill her because she's damaged me all these years by hanging on and not letting me grow up. And I want you to all pray that I can get rid of her as soon as possible because she's been a thorn in my you-know-what all these years. And, and that's what Pastor was saying about those animals. She, was, she has clung, clung to me all this time, so help me get loose from her. Amen. Amen. You know what? She's wanting to get rid of the old Susan, the old man. Because there's a new Susan rising up in her because it's been birthed by the Spirit of Jesus, the Holy Ghost. Hallelujah. Anybody else? Is everybody here for prayer? Anybody else? Okay. Now I need some brothers and sisters of faith. Where are you at? I need you to come help me. Where are those? Where's that bull will to be? Spirit says, we're going to help you through this. We're going to deliver you from this attack. We're going to take care of you. It's not going to get you. It's not going to destroy you. Hallelujah. If I flip the devil once, I'll flip him twice if I have to. I'll destroy him. I'll gore him to death. Whatever it takes, I'll trample him. Hallelujah. Somebody's around somebody. Get beside somebody. All right, sister. Sister Marlene's got somebody. Sister Stephanie's got somebody. All right. Well, everybody's got somebody. All right, lunch will lay hands on them now. Now I want you, if you're still here in the sanctuary, I want you to point your hands toward the front and I want you to begin to pray in the spirit if you're able to in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. In the name of Jesus. Hallelujah.